0: what's up everybody this is russ dornish coming at you with crossfire faith and gaming we are a online faith-based gaming community um located on facebook and now located in a lot of other places um but joining me today is my co-host the reverend david petty how are you doing you always say that like it's a surprise um (laughs)
1: Yeah. So uh, my name is Reverend David Petty. Uh, It is a cool title. It (laughs) took a lot of years and a lot of study. Um, So my my name is Reverend David Petty and uh, I am here on the podcast. We are excited to be in so many places. We're on Twitch. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on. uh, I don't think we have an Instagram yet, but maybe someday. Uh, We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. um, But most excited we are about being wherever it is that you are listening to us now. Uh, Thanks for listening to our podcast. And we hope to bring you today's news and a little bit of discussion. Uh, Mostly today's discussion is going to be an intro to a bigger discussion we're going to have on our next podcast. So uh, stay tuned for that. But for now, let's get into it with today's news for uh, this is August 13th. Russ, what
0: do we have? Well, the big one, the biggest, the biggest piece of news I think that's happened in the last couple of weeks. And it's, it's one that we all saw coming. That's not happening. <laughs> well, correct. It's not happening. Um, but we'll just jump right to it. It's Halo Infinite has been delayed till 2021. Now I wasn't shocked because again, when we saw that reveal at the Microsoft event uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, the game looked good because it looked like a Halo game, but the more I dove into it and really looked at it, I was like, this game doesn't look good at all. In fact, it doesn't even look like an Xbox one game, let alone a next gen game. Um, and the fact that PlayStation right now has games like the last of us and Ghost of Tsushima out that looks so pretty. Uh, this game looked really bad. Um, yeah, so I I'm not surprised, but especially as a game that no, you're
1: touting as a next gen game for your next generation of console. Uh, it, I mean, it, I would say again, it didn't look terrible, right? Certainly, uh, from where we've come, it was not. You know, we're not back to pong, okay. but uh, people <laughs> expect next gen graphics from next gen consoles, and this just looked like last gen graphics for a next gen console. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think they're they're probably right to shift that release to 2021, um, but I do think it's going to make it hard for them to sell consoles come November. Uh, which is our next piece of news that they have confirmed a November uh, release date Uh, on IGN. uh, An article uh, about the Xbox Series X release date uh, says that they might be releasing as early as November 6th. But uh, I do think then for our next piece of news, the question is, uh, and this comes from Eurogamer, with Halo and the lack of excitement for the Series X Is it all steam ahead on xCloud? So Russ, I'm I'm curious. I talk about Stadia all the time. Uh, What are your thoughts on xCloud and how this this announcement makes people maybe more likely to go to xCloud or less likely? What do you think?
0: Well, I think what it really does is again, it goes back to the messaging we've gotten from Microsoft for the last few months. And that is they're trying to build an ecosystem, not a console platform. Um, So PlayStation is building everything around the PlayStation brand. Microsoft has decided to build everything about around the Microsoft brand. And that includes much more than just Xboxes. Um, So that includes PC, which is why we're seeing the push for Game Pass. Um, We're seeing now obviously the push for um, xCloud. I think Xbox has kind of started to see the, you know, the so-called, you know, predictions coming forward. That maybe they shouldn't just focus on the games because, or the the console itself, because Sony's doing such a good job with that. Why don't we broaden our horizon and make sure we kind of um, cover our basis as we go forward. So I do think they're going to focus more on the xCloud, the ability to just play everywhere, anywhere, whatever you want. Um, I think will be much more consumer friendly, which I think they're hoping will get them some points when it comes to the console space. So I think that's kind of what they're shifting towards. But we have the same problem with xCloud that we did with Stadia. Well, I hold will on. say this before, before we get we... to
1: that. I, I just want to say, yes, um, yeah, I think that it's I think it's wise when you look at what's happened to all other media. Uh, You know, the way that we consume music went from, you know, buying individual albums and buying individual songs to buying subscription services like, uh, you know, even Napster. Right. Which most people don't know, went from an illegal music uh, downloading website to a legal uh, music subscription service. Um, You know, and then we saw Spotify and Apple and Pandora, you know, people buying the subscription to all access. Same thing with movies. You know, we all went from our our individually packaged movies to the subscription to access everything so i think xcloud going this way is is the future of gaming i think they're right on with where the platform can go and i think it's interesting that they're distancing distancing themselves it seems more and more from the actual box it's almost like xbox isn't trying to sell you a box anymore like the the box is just a thing that comes with it um so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but as you were saying. Uh, It is not without peril. Tell us why. Well,
0: okay. So this is something that was an issue with Stadia. I think this is actually good for Stadia that this is happening because this is a bigger platform that people are making a bigger deal out of it. Nobody said anything about this when Stadia had the issues, which is uh, xCloud is not coming to iOS, and it's because Apple is blocking them just like they block Stadia. Um, just like they've blocked a lot of different apps that people don't realize have been black, blocked. Um, and so it's interesting because I think this is bringing more attention to that and could possibly put some pressure on Apple to change their policies. Um, so my idea and my thoughts are, you know, and I, I've seen it already in stadia communities is people are posting different, um, you know, uh, signature requests to try and get it on there to get Apple to change. Um, so this is bad. This is not good for xCloud, because you want your xCloud service available on every mobile platform. And one of the biggest ones is obviously iOS with iPad and iPhone. So right. I, I think, and I think people gave
1: change. Stadia a little bit more leeway because it was, you know, Stadia has been from its it's release, It's still in development, right? We're still seeing like beta. So the talk in the Stadia communities that I saw was, you know, well, it's coming, right? It's coming to iOS. It's just not there yet. They're still working on the platform. There's still, there was never an official shutdown until now where Apple has said, actually, no, the gate is closed for Stadia and xCloud, uh, which is a huge blow to cloud gaming. Um, but I think it's also, it seems, you know, that's a huge blow to cloud gaming, but it also seems like people are fighting back. Um, so I want to talk about something that my uh, almost 11 year old son just ran in the room uh, like 10 minutes ago to, to say, dad, come look <laughs> at this. Um, so he's playing Fortnite and all of a sudden there's this pop up on Fortnite saying hashtag free Fortnite. I'm thinking, what in the world are we freeing Fortnite from? Um, <laughs> well, it, Fortnite wants you to think that they uh, need to be freed from the tyranny and the oppression Uh, of Apple and the App Store. Uh, So they've got this ad that's up uh, that is a Fortnite redo of the movie 1984, which we all know is the same movie clip that was used in Apple's Mac uh, launch back in the day when they launched the, uh, I was going to say MacBook, not the MacBook, the Macintosh, the first Macintosh, Macintosh. 1984. Uh, So that commercial gets aired. So this this is Fortnite, Epic Games taking a shot specifically at Apple, calling on their entire user base, which is massive, to tell Apple to let them through. So, this is interesting to me because there are far more people playing Fortnite than there are people playing xCloud and Stadia combined. So, do you think Fortnite or Epic Games might have the, the person power to push this through?
0: I think... I think combined with all three you're getting more and more pushback and it's becoming more mainstream. Um, Fortnite, anything in Fortnite is going to be headline news. Um, no matter where it is, people know that because it's just so massively large and especially when you get the different streamers, um, such as like Ninja, who's one of the biggest streamers in the world and literally has millions and millions of people watching him play Fortnite. Uh, if he gets on this board, which I'm sure he will, uh, You know, you're going to you're going to see a massive push for Apple to change their policies and stop being this, you know, dictatorship when it comes to their store and all that. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it so that the Apple store is only full of the best apps, because I will say the Google store is full of a lot of bloatware um, and it's unfortunate. And so I get that aspect, but I also don't see this as bloatware. I'm wondering why Apple can't review some of the bigger companies who are trying to use their app store um, and be able to figure that out. So I think this will definitely push them uh, to have to figure some new system out so that they can do that. Um, yeah. And I get where yeah, they're coming from.
1: For Apple to take a you know, 20, 30% cut off of every piece of, of something that gets purchased. I mean, if you're playing, uh, let's say you're playing on iOS, you're playing Fortnite, you want to buy some V Bucks, you give ten dollars, right, to Fortnite. That means three dollars is going to the App Store just for being the intermediary. So I get where they're coming from, but it seems like you know, Epic is no different, right? They're not, they're not innocent in this. They still take 20 percent off of games that are sold in the Epic Store. Um, so it's, I think it's a battle, right? They're trying to get people to switch over to the Epic store from other app stores. Certainly they've taken on steam in the past. Um, but I think one of the, the most interesting things about this is the way that this came about. It almost was like Epic, uh, put themselves out there trying to avoid the app store stuff, knowing that they were going to get caught, knowing that they were going to get banned just so that they could claim. "Woe is me. Everybody look at us. Join our cause against the tyranny. Um, You know, it's almost to me like when when you see those things at protests where there's like a a box that says, if you want to be arrested, step in this box and you go into the (laughs) box and you get arrested so that you can take PR pics uh, and say, well, look at me. I got arrested. Not to say that people don't actually get arrested, but, um, you know, in the past there were like peaceful protests where you could get arrested with photo ops. Um, So this was like this to me seems like. Uh, Epic is saying, hey, we're going to plan to do this kind of civil disobedience, uh, as it were. We're going to go against the App Store, and then we're going to claim, woe is us. Uh, Which is weird, too, because I don't think currently uh, Fortnite is not on xCloud. Fortnite is not on Stadia. So for Epic to jump in the battle that they don't have a dog in the fight already and put their dog in the fight... um, was a very interesting move and we'll see how this plays out in 2020
0: 2021 yeah i mean i I definitely see and i and i definitely wonder if that's part of the reason one they're not on those platforms yet and maybe they're saying we want to be on those platforms and this is kind of our way to push apple so that we can be on those platforms and have all of those potential sales um, well, slash, they want to push you know, Apple connection. so that
1: they can push Google so that they can push Microsoft so that they don't have to pay anybody those fees, <laughs> right? So they maybe they do have a dog in the fight in that they're up against not just the <laughs> the the tyranny of the App Store, but the tyranny of the Google Play Store and the the tyranny of Stadia. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, and that was air quotes around um, tyranny for those of you guys listening.
0: <laughs> to the podcast. Yeah, for the people listening. All right. What's our next um news? Interesting. Interesting stuff. So, obviously, we have Next Gen right around the corner. We just talked about the Xboxes. looks like for sure coming November. um, Potentially the beginning of November. I'm going to assume PlayStation's right around the same time. We don't know yet. Supposedly, we're supposed to have a PlayStation event that reveals all of that sometime this month. So, be on the lookout for that. We will stream it whenever it happens. Um, However, uh, most games right now are doing cool things with cross-gen buying. So you purchase their game. They're going to give you a free upgrade to the next-gen version. Great. It's good consumerism um, just because you know it helps, it helps people not have to say, I don't want to buy that game because I want to wait for it on next-gen. However, one game is kind of making some ripples and not making people happy because they have found a way because technically I believe Microsoft actually instituted if you're going to release your game like pretty much now, between now and the new console, like you need to – have a way to upgrade to a next-gen version well the game control by remedy games great game dave you've played it i have i haven't finished interesting game but great game no and i haven't either looks but it looks amazing and it's going to look even better on next-gen consoles well rather than give an upgrade as part of like the season pass to control or you know dlc for control um you know, as a, as a free upgrade, they are going to re-release control as a complete addition. And that is the only way that you can get an upgrade to next gen. So right. they so have found a, a way free to upgrade monetize. to
1: next gen. If you buy the game again, so it's not really yes. free for current users.
0: It's no, if you've already yeah. purchased the game and you're a, you're a, a supporter from day one, you're not being rewarded at all for that. So that is causing some issues. I'm interested to see how it works out. I'm interested to see if there's, I mean, there's already pushback. So I'm wondering if it eventually changes and maybe they they do away with it. Uh, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. We'll see who else joins this. But for the most part, games like all the a Sports games, uh, they have free upgrades. Marvel's Avengers, which I don't have great high hopes for that, uh, is right. getting a free if you upgrade. Haven't watched, Next
1: Gen. If you haven't watched, uh, I think we might have a recording of that someplace russ playing the Avengers yes, we do, uh, on youtube beta or or pre-release or whatever you call it uh, russ was not impressed
0: it was not great um that's about it though on the control thing i wanted to bring that up just because i want everybody to know like there's some interesting things brewing when it comes to this whole cross-gen situation
1: mm-hmm. um
0: and so you know just kind of figuring that out uh dave what what do you got next for us and some more news as we got a ton of gaming news to cover Cause we've haven't covered the news in quite a while. Yeah. So I've got a couple of things, Uh, one, which is in
1: our little document here, one, which is not. Um, But so uh, first off, everybody who's got a PC has a graphics card in their PC. uh, And that's what makes your graphics look amazing. Uh, Or as my son likes to ask dad, does that have ray tracing? Um, So the (laughs) NVIDIA, uh, which has kind of been the flagship GPU for a while, Uh, NVIDIA is announcing that their RTX 3000 series uh, is right around the corner. There's an announcement coming in September with a lot of uh, rumors and specs on what they're going to release. Probably the RTX 3080 Ti. Uh, And this comes from uh, WCCFTech.com about NVIDIA releasing this exciting new graphics card. Uh, I've got a 2000 series. I love it. Uh, Interested to see what more they can do with the 3000 series. Um, But the other interesting news about that is that Intel has actually announced that they are going to be releasing the Intel XE uh, as a general purpose GPU, uh, as a discrete GPU product line uh, that's being developed by Intel, uh, reportedly codenamed Arctic Sound. And this comes from the Wikipedia article on the Intel XE, uh, which includes a new instruction set architecture. Technology is uh, expected to become available with Intel's Tiger Lake products. This may be the win that Intel needs right now, uh, as Intel stock has been plummeting compared to AMD, which has just been uh, taking a huge run for a while. The other thing, uh, AMD, with their 7-nanometer technology uh, for their processors, uh, for those of you guys that don't know what that means, essentially means they can cram more stuff on the same size chip, um, more, better, faster. It's like having... uh, I don't even know. I don't have a good analogy. But anyway, so Intel announced like a couple months ago, they said that they could not figure out Intel, right? Billions of dollars company. (laughs) Massive. I didn't even realize until I looked it up. Just go look up how much bigger is Intel than AMD. Intel, this massive behemoth of a company, could not get their 7 nanometer technology figured out. They're still on 14 nanometer. It's like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say to that. That's like,
0: it's, it's not good for them. <laughs> we'll, no, we'll say no, that for was, people who are non PC illiterate. Yeah, Intel's overall, not doing it well. Not,
1: it was not a win, right? That's, that's almost like if a console company came out and said that they were delaying their flagship game by another year, which they did. So oh, anyway, like, uh, uh yeah, yeah, Intel, not so good, but maybe getting a win in the GPU department. We'll probably have more for you on that in September, when we get a chance to look at more GPUs, but for now, uh, I want to talk about something that does go fast, and that is skateboards. Uh, who loves skating? Oh. I know I do. Uh, back do. when I was younger, we all skated a lot. Them. But uh, next up, we've got Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, um, and this is an exciting, a couple of announcements in one. Number one is that tomorrow, hopefully by the time you listen to this, uh, August 14th has already passed. So tomorrow they're uh, releasing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered Demo, uh, which is available to anybody who pre-purchases the game. It's available for PC on the Epic Game Store. Uh, It's available on, I believe, Xbox and PlayStation. Um, But the other exciting thing about this... You have to pre-ordered it digitally. uh, Okay. So if you pre-ordered it physically, you don't get the beta. Sorry, Russ. I know you like physical
0: games. This is this is no, why I like digital games. I know, I know. But I do think that and, cool and on top thing... of that, the go ahead. The the demo is um, it's actually so it's it's pretty short. It's literally I think a two to three minute slice. Um, you get to play the warehouse level as Tony okay. Hawk. Okay. Uh, on a timer and that's all it is so quick okay. like three minute timer play through the warehouse as tony hawk everyone's saying that have gotten it early a lot of media has gotten it early said it feels great a lot better than tony hawk hd um so i think this is the remake remaster we're actually looking for but that's good um, you have some more info about the game
1: i do so in other exciting news uh which is exciting to us because we've always wanted to be a place that that specifically talks about um access to games for all different people of all abilities Uh, on that same note. And Russ, you could talk about this maybe more at the end of our podcast when we talk about our Twitch uh, stream, but we are giving it to a charity this month and next month to able gamers. uh, So Russ can tell you more about that. But especially looking at people with uh, differences in abilities, uh, one of the most exciting moves of the week is that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 uh, has a move that you may not recognize, and this comes from gamesradar.com. It says that Tony Hawk took to Instagram to explain the thought process behind the Weddle Grab um, that was formerly named the Mute Grab. And it says that uh, back in the day when they came up with this, uh, that Chris Weddle, who was a, a deaf skateboarder, um, people described him as a quiet, mute guy. And so they called it a mute air, uh, a decision that Tony Hawk chalks up to naive youth. So it says in recent years, people have reached out to Chris, uh, who uh, was asked about this trick and the name that it was given. Hawk continues on by saying that he's been very gracious in his response, but it is obvious that a different name would have honored his legacy better as he is hearing impaired, but not lacking speech. So when Hawk reached out to Weddle during his research on the trick origins, he suggested that it be named Def or the Weddle Grab. So in the new remaster of the game, it will be named the Weddle Grab. So I'm excited about that uh, and what it does, and honors the legacy of the creator of that move.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great uh, thing that they're doing. Again, um, it's cool how they're doing this this remake. It really is. Um, The game's also going to feature some female pro skaters that are currently a part of the pro circuit. Um, So they're adding in a lot more, um, you know, new gender, Uh, obviously um, this trying to be a little bit more accessible in the sense that they're honoring the accessibility that skateboarding provides. Um, So I think they're doing all the right moves right now. I have a feeling this game is going to be quite successful when it hits here pretty soon, which I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't checked out, uh, go online and look up the video of the mom uh, with the kid with cerebral palsy who created an entire cage that would suspend him so that he could ride a skateboard. Uh, I'm guessing we're not going to be able to play that (laughs) in the game, uh, but really amazing. I think bringing games, bringing skateboarding, bringing fun and play to everybody of all abilities uh, is all what we are all about. So, uh, Russ, why don't you tell us what is let's see here uh what's coming up next from our tech radar news
0: yeah so um we love advertising free games we give away a lot of free games again another plug for our twitch channel That's right. who doesn't love free games? catch some cool games we give away a lot of free games on our twitch so make sure you guys follow us um and come hang out but uh epic games is going to be giving away some free games currently so uh from tech radar it talks about and it says ready for this week's free epic game store game it's looking likely that we're all going to be locked in for at least a short period of time while the covid19 health protection measures continue so what better time for some gaming escapism epic is giving away remnant from the ashes which is available until august 20th so make sure you guys go log on to epic and claim that game even if you don't download it i have a bunch of the free epic games on my account haven't downloaded them yet but you know you got to do it before they, they expire." Um, so Epic is also giving away the Alto collection. So free games. Uh real quick, uh PlayStation this month for PSN. I'll throw that out there too. Uh yeah. they're giving away Fall Guys, which is huge right now online. It's um, amazing which is like a, fun. a kind of cartoony version of wipeout. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's um, and then they're ridiculous. also giving away Yeah. It's it's <laughs> so ahead. much fun. Uh I, I probably will be streaming it at some point. Um yeah. The other game they're giving away is the uh, Modern Warfare Remastered uh, Campaign 2. Modern Warfare Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered Campaign. It's all a mouthful. Um, and then Xbox. Shoot, I can't remember what Xbox is giving away this month for free. I know that people weren't happy about it. I don't but know, game I can tell is you amazing. that, Stadia, that. Uh,
1: Stadia is giving away for free, uh, free games. Rock of Ages 3 is coming to Stadia Pro. Zombie Army 4, Dead War, uh, looks like um, Celeste is coming, but not for free. What is what's free? Where's the free game? Uh, I think Metro (laughs) 2033 might be free. Uh, Metro 2033 and Strange Brigade, I think. If not, I could be wrong. Somebody correct me. I think that's what's for free this Um, month on those. I gotta say though, back to the Alto Collection, um, amazing mobile game, Um, just absolutely phenomenal um played through the whole thing beat the whole thing uh yeah great great mobile game
0: awesome yeah um okay and and that moves us in the next thing which is kind of a fun story because you and I both have this game near and dear to our heart and I did stream this game uh a little while back when it got released but Horizon Zero Dawn was released on PC David tell us how has the release of Horizon been on PC well, I got to tell you, as a person who didn't used to own a PlayStation,
1: um, I was always excited when the games that were console exclusives or that were specifically to PlayStation or Xbox, whenever those games would come to PC, it was like like finally getting to eat a piece of the cake. You know, you've, you've seen all the other kids eat their piece early and you're like, oh, man, it's finally coming. So the fact that that a lot of PlayStation games and a lot of Xbox games now seemingly are being made for PC. Uh, is great news. So I think when Horizon Zero Dawn uh, announced that it was coming to PC, people were very excited. The PC's power can bring it amazing graphics. Um, but following release on the, uh, of the game, and this comes from GameRant.com, uh, it says that Horizon Zero Dawn's PC release was reportedly causing a lot of trouble for its users with Guerrilla Games' port resulting in frequent crashes, lagging issues for a sizable selection of its player base, says, luckily the studio was quick to address the growing technical issues that surrounded the game with guerrilla sharing on Steam that it was investigating the issues and would hopefully have a fix available soon. Uh, it appears the company has been rigidly sticking to its vocal approach with fans, taking to Twitter to share brand new updates on the various fixes and patches that are coming to Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, so, although no firm release date was given, much to the disappointment of fans, it seems a lot of work is going into making sure Steam users can expect Horizon, as it was intended very soon. So, uh, sounds like a rough rough, and rocky start for Horizon, uh, a game that we hope to see, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, that'll come out. It's forbidden, right? Forbidden West? Yeah, Horizon yes. Forbidden West coming yep, out on the PS5, and hopefully then later to PC but they got to get their stuff figured out first. So, yeah.
0: Um, It seems seems that this happens frequently um, when games are ported over. Whenever there's a console version of a game and they bring it to PC, um, there seems to always be an issue, whether it was Red Dead's launch on PC. Not great. We could go back to Batman's launch. Batman Arkham Knight had the worst launch ever on PC that they had to remove the game altogether and refund it for everybody because the game just did not work at all so it's not just horizon that has this issue like every single company that kind of focuses on the console aspect first whenever they eventually bring it to pc there always seems to be issues so um not surprising but i do love again this is you know a lot of sony studios and first party studios they are very great with community and so they are on top of it they are communicating with everybody they're not leaving you in the dark saying like. When is this going to happen? They just say, we are going to work on it. But um, the last news story, I think, is what we have, because looking at everything for the most part, at least the last got big a few. news story. i got a few. Okay. Um, do we want to go on to the THQ news story? Uh, let's see here. I don't I don't see it we in the document.
1: I don't see the THQ. we got
0: Fall Guys confirmed. THQ oh, yeah, yeah, THQ Nordic. Yep.
1: Yep, so THQ Nordic, uh, which is a game studio, announced that it has purchased 4A Games, uh, which will not only continue the popular Metro series, but will develop new franchises as well. This comes to us from Game Rant. It says THQ Nordic's parent company, Embracer Group, has announced the acquisition of Metro Exodus developer 4A Games. Uh, Announcing at the press release, the acquisition has an equity value of $45 million and is part of an ongoing strategy for the Embracer Group uh, which currently houses over a hundred and seventy owned franchises, including Goat Simulator, <laughs> Dead Island, Darksiders, uh, and more. While Dead Island Two is yet to be released, uh, both Goat Simulator and Darksiders have seen releases of games this gen. With Darksiders Genesis releasing last year, so this is one of those that like is kind of a quiet company. You don't hear a lot about it. It's not the EA Games or the Blizzard or the, but it's big. The number of franchises that they have—that's insane.
0: Yeah. It's uh they have gone around very quietly. A lot of people, when they first popped up um, a lot of people were like, what the heck are they doing? Uh, because they were just buying random IPs that had been dead for years. And then all of a sudden overnight, they started announcing new games in these series and you're like, how are they doing this? And so they have very quietly grown to a massive, massive size. Um, when it comes to a third-party developer and and by that i don't mean like you know there are third party developers obviously they're out there that are massive ubisoft ea um but for them to kind of do this overnight in like a couple years has been insane so whoever this group is whoever has this money they're trying to like quietly compete with the biggest companies in the world when it comes to gaming i'll be very interested to see how they do and how 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 the release schedules look on these games and whether we see a lot of the games that are in development or if issues come up down the line, but I'm very interested to see what happens with that. So what do we got up next? So the last uh, news of the
1: day is a study that comes out, uh, released news article 19 hours ago from game rant. Uh, It says a study finds video games boost literacy and emotional well-being in kids. Um, So this is one of those things that has always been near and dear to me. I've got a couple of kids of my own. Um, But especially as we talk about gaming, I think it's important for adults to find a place to game uh, and to play and to have fun. But also you got to find that balance. Um, one article that I referenced a long time ago was an article out of a a British study where they did like, it was like 10,000 households. And what they found was that more important than the gaming itself, or, you know, as we all talk about screen time for kids is the quality of that time. Right. So the, the difference of, if you say, okay, Timmy, I don't, you know, go into the other room and, and go play Fortnite. Um, versus if you say, Hey family, let's sit down and let's have a wee bowling family night. Or if you say, here's an iPad, why don't you learn the alphabet on the iPad because it's going to teach you the sounds and the symbols and all that kind of stuff. So we're we're seeing again here out of this study that um, the, the quality of that screen time changes. So it says the new study comes from the UK and the National Literacy Trust, which took a look at nearly 5000 players age 11 to 16. Uh, an average of two to five players were motivated to read about games from sources like news sites and books after playing them. In addition, the study re- revealed that a whopping 73% of their players said games made them feel like they were part of a story, boosting their interest in narratives in a way that could, pot- could potentially lead to more interest in reader reading or writing. It says the benefits don't stop there. That children in the study noted games help them to imagine themselves in someone else's shoes, indicating that video games might have an impact on kids' development of empathy. Furthermore, a large amount of the participants use video games to stay in touch with friends and family during the COVID-19 lockdown. I can absolutely attest to that with my kids. Um, It says giving them a way to stay emotionally involved even at a physical distance. Kids weren't the only ones quick to sing the praises of games as 60% of the parents interviewed felt like chatting in games helped to support the mental health of their children. So while it's uh, clear that some critics will undoubtedly try to continue to point the finger that video games are the culprit of all of society's problems and the poor behavior of children, it's becoming more obvious all the time that games have plenty of good to offer the world, including to the
0: youngest generations. So, yeah, I think this is, this is a great um, article that just shows another wonderful benefit of games. I know that, you know, growing up playing games and now growing, you know, playing games. I, I agree. I, I want to find out more. I've read, you know, five or six books on like behind the scenes making of games. And, um, you know, if somebody wants a really good uh, book that has to do with video games, I highly recommend Console Wars. Um, it is the story of Sega and Nintendo when they were going head to head during the 90s. Um, and it's written by the CEO of Sega at that time. So you get his perspective of what was going on. He plays a huge part in the book as far as, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Reading that stuff is just so fascinating. And I think gaming has kind of helped me increase my interest in that and increasing my knowledge of that. And so I, I definitely see where the study is coming from. And I always love, you know, the different studies that really show that, Gaming doesn't need to be this pariah in society that people don't like. Um, Gaming can be something good for the world, good for kids, good for parents. You know, what most of the time people want to focus in on is what we would call gaming addiction. And the real truth is everything has an addiction. There is something in everything that we do in everyday life that people can become addicted to and it's bad. But just because you want to focus on gaming addiction itself, Um, I don't think gaming itself needs to be considered poor or bad like we sometimes do.
1: Right. I think it's all about finding that balance. Uh, And so this is where we're going to talk a little bit about the kind of a teaser for what we've got coming up for our next podcast. Um, We're pretty excited to invite a good friend of mine, uh, Shay Champ, to the uh, to the podcast. And she's going to talk about uh, kind of her family and how they they find the balance in uh, between gaming and not gaming and family time and not family time. Um, but also I just want to say, you know, from my own family, i found that, uh, the, the most important thing is communication, um, you know, scheduling, if it's scheduled game time, uh, you know, I used to play pickup basketball and it was a whole lot easier if I say, you know, we're going to play pickup basketball at six o'clock every Wednesday night and it's going to be a few hours, but you know, that's going to be the time that I set aside versus, you know, if I say, Hey, uh, you know, it's, Three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to go play a game of pickup basketball with my buddies or, you know, hey, I know we're sitting down to dinner, but I'm going to go play pickup basketball with my buddies. Same thing is true when it comes to video games. Scheduled time, limited time and a balance between family time or personal time, uh, you know, work time. certainly uh, as long as it's not interfering with your uh, work or with your relationships, uh, I think it's good. Um, you know, but I think it's it's all about finding that healthy balance. So, you know. Speaking of healthy balance, that's probably why here in about four minutes, we've got to end our podcast. I've got to run over and and take care of some family duties. Um, but, uh, Russ, any last thoughts on finding balance? Uh, what about you? You've got, you've got some commitments at home that, uh, I know are changing and evolving. Uh, how are you going to employ strategies to find balance?
0: It's gonna be a lot of scheduling. It's gonna be a lot of time management. Uh, I, I'm thinking about getting a planner and actually planning out. Okay, this is what I'll have time to game, and I cannot feel, um, you know, guilty about it. I think that's huge. And there's another benefit, honestly, to gaming is how can we teach our kids time management skills? Of like, you know, you have homework tonight. How much time do you think homework will take? Okay, let's map that out and then see. Okay, where is gaming gonna fit in that? So I think that's gonna be an interesting conversation. We're all gonna kind of bring a different, um, I think, piece to that. You know, me being a, a married man with no children but a ton of um, commitments. You being a pastor with a ton of commitments, a family man. Um, Shay being being a part of a family with kids and and trying to manage that as well. Um, so I think all those things and will bring a different um, perspective to that conversation. But I'm very excited for that. And, you know, before we leave, uh, big, big ups uh, to everybody who either listens to this as part of our other communities elsewhere. Um, We've been really blown away by the support and um, just the 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 incredible backing and voice we've had from so many different people of how much they're enjoying all the stuff we're doing the different ways that it has affected their lives um, added things to their lives. We do appreciate, you know, you're listening to this, joining the Facebook group, um, checking us out either on Twitter, YouTube, um, Twitch has become a huge source. Um, and, and like David was saying earlier um, this month and next month, all of our Twitch or a majority of our Twitch revenue is going to be going to able gamers. And we have a matching grant that will match up to a certain amount. Um, and, so we are hoping to hit that amount so we can do that full match. And so we're pushing that right now. So wherever you, wherever and whenever you listen to this, make sure you check us out at Twitch. Um, even if you don't really watch gaming, um, your support there is still much appreciated. And there's tons of different ways you can support us there. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can give out a free subscription to us that will give us support. So I think that's a huge aspect to it. Um, that I think we can get a lot of support and do a lot of good with, um, because that's kind of been our goal here is how can we do good in the gaming community? And so that's what we're looking at and starting to do. So Twitch uh, just search crossfire podcast on Twitch and you'll find us there. Uh, Church for gamers is our tag on Twitter now. So make sure you check us out there Uh, crossfire faith and gaming on Facebook crossfire faith and gaming in on YouTube. Uh, am I missing any, David? I think we got. I think we got most of the different social media uh, platforms.
1: Yeah, that should be everything. And you know, and if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, uh, you know, you can get our podcast wherever you find your podcasts: uh, Spotify, Apple, a bunch of other places, uh, SoundCloud. So make sure you check us out. Make sure you share us. I, you know, I, I want to bring back the positive spirit of uh, evangelism and sharing uh, what we're doing and and telling people. Oh, there's my alarm. Uh, so it is time to wrap up, but I want to share this with everybody that we can uh, do good in the world and make a difference. So thank you for continuing to support us. And uh, I'm going to sign off. We will okay. see you guys next that time. Make sure for you, us. Thank uh, you guys so much. Check in with our community and uh, become a part of everything that we're doing here. We'll chat with you later.
0: God bless.